transit and mobility play an important role in Denver's climate action plan. However, the road hasn't been a smooth one so far. Ann Bakken is here to talk to us about some of the challenges facing the local transit authority, Regional Transportation District, or RTD. Welcome, Ann. Thank you. As you noted, RTD has been having some troubles lately. For quite a while, though, its Fast Tracks program was hailed as a model for cities around the country. In the words of hyperbolic online journalism, it's gone from the train that saved Denver to the coming transit apocalypse. (laughs) Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Fast Tracks was meant to be? Fast Tracks is a sweeping 13-year-old program that was intended to revolutionize transit in the Denver region. The plan was to create six new rail corridors, expand in three others, and improve bus service, with the ultimate goal of making Denver into a denser, less car-dependent city. They also targeted land use changes as a method to increase density through TOD, or transit-oriented development. The resulting rail service is largely in a hub-and-spoke configuration, with buses filling in some of the gaps. And where does it stand now? Currently, three and a half of the new lines have opened. W in 2013, A in 2016, and R in 2017. So B is the half line. It opened in 2016 and was originally intended to go all the way to Longmont, 41 miles north of Denver, but the current line only goes to Westminster, which is 6.2 miles away. The Flatiron Flyer bus, which goes as far as Boulder, has been a partial fix, but the rail line isn't expected to start until at least 2040. The final two lines, G and N, have been delayed, but not as spectacularly as B. G was supposed to open in the fall of 2016, but has only recently been approved for final testing. And N was slated for early 2018, but will be at least a year and a half late. What are some of the problems the program has faced? The Fast Tracks was approved by voters in 2004 by a margin of 58 to 42 percent, and the funding vehicle was a 0.4 percent sales tax increase. However, between that vote and the first new light rail line opening in 2013, there were many setbacks. The Great Recession lowered tax revenue and raised unemployment, and at the same time, gas prices fell. This meant that both the project funding and the ridership for the existing transit system dropped off. There were also other problems that affected specific lines. For instance, the B line I mentioned, they planned to use a BNSF right-of-way for the trip to Longmont but it proved to be more difficult and costly than anticipated to get access to it. The overall cost is now predicted to be eight or nine times the original estimates. For the end line, one complication is the question of how the line will affect a historic cemetery and whether the entrance needs to be moved. And of course, even once the lines are up and running, that's no guarantee of success. And what kind of issues are they having now? Technology, personnel, meeting expectations... The A-Line has had problems with their automatic crossing gates, and they've had to dedicate people to operating them at each intersection. The system as a whole is short on bus drivers and train operators because unemployment is so low in Denver. Plus, even though marijuana is legal there, there's a federal regulation that transit drivers need to be able to pass a drug test. 10% of runs are made by drivers who are working overtime, and many trips just don't happen at all. 1,105 hours of travel time had to be canceled in October alone due to shortages. And a big problem is that in many cases, even when they have running trains, they don't have riders. Certain lines have performed as expected or better. The airport line, the Flatiron Flyer, but many of them have seen service cuts. One line had 40 boardings an hour after six months. There's been an outcry in response to the cuts, and as a result, they've often been scaled back. 
The town of Golden, for example, pushed against cuts that were due to take place just as they were starting a shuttle program to cover the last several miles between its downtown and the end of the W line. With a lot of these lines also, there can be a mismatch between where development is advancing and where the rail lines have been completed. You have some places where the mayors are frustrated because they already have development or interested investors, but the transit is missing. Elsewhere, you see pictures of light rail stations with nothing around them and no riders. 2014 was the first time that system-wide ridership reached pre-recession levels, and it's declined every year since. Denver's goal for the 80 by 50 climate action plan is for transit share to reach 16% of commuters by 2030 and 18% by 2050, but it was only at 6% in 2015. Similarly, they hope to see commuting by single-occupancy vehicles decline from 81% in 2015 to 59% in 2030 and 34% in 2050. A lot of the lost ridership in Denver and around the country is blamed on car share services like Lyft and Uber. However, even vehicle ownership has risen in Denver. Those definitely seem like uh, big problems, but has there been any good news with the program? A bit. Last month, they announced that with the work that's been done so far, RTD has paid out over $1 billion to small and women and minority-owned businesses out of $5.6 billion total. They met their goal for 2014 through 2016, which was 19% of their total investments, and they raised that to 24% for 2017 through 2019. Also, the density has increased, although it's not yet up to mid-century levels, and TODs are happening. Making sure that these include lower-income housing is a strong focus for them. Are there any plans to improve what's there, or are they focused more on getting those last lines finished? They are working on improving the system, and they're trying to include the perspective of the residents. As part of Denver Right, Denver Moves Transit is developing a 20-year plan. This is the city's first transit plan. They've always left the question to RTD in the past. The task force solicited input from the public and received 1,500 responses. Some of the recommendations were to improve connectivity between lines, make it easier to access the stations on foot or bike, increase the frequency and hours of bus service, and increase fare pass programs. One big question mark is how autonomous vehicles may impact transit in Denver and everywhere. Some say they'll render it obsolete because they're expected to be both cheaper and more convenient. However, other people see them as a good complementary option, as they could fulfill first-mile, last-mile needs, getting people to and from transit lines. RTD tested one just a couple of days ago in early December. They think that it might be in service as early as spring 2018 to get people to and from A-Line. At the moment, though, it's not legal to use in regular road traffic. Cities everywhere are starting to deal with how to handle self-driving cars. It will be an interesting and almost certainly very messy experiment. You've provided such great insight today. Thank you for being here, Anne. Thank you very much for having me.